Welcome to episode 24 of Fresh Out of Tokens podcast. This is Tanya, also known as Cypher of Tear. To my digital and virtual right is our producer, David, if you'd like to say hello. Hello, it's good to be here. Yay, I am I am back from the wilds of hipster land, beards and coffee everywhere the eye can see in Seattle. Um, I've survived Geek Girl Con, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so, before we do our usual spiel and intro, we finally, finally have our Bracago bros on the show, Cicero Holmes and Khalif Adams. Say hi, y'all. What up? That was the weakest what up I've ever heard. I mean, life. well, I, I wasn't like I was trying not to step over you. So, you know, so I was like, I was trying to be cool and and still be smooth and not be breathy. You, you, you introduced yourself like you were like you were somebody's date at the Thanksgiving. You didn't want to go to. Right. Damn. Y'all got y'all got y'all got that pumpkin pie. <laughs> oh, like many y'all no way. Damn. Is that how you go to Thanksgiving for real? I brought I brought some I brought some rolls, <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably those ninety nine cent rolls. See, yes, they are. They they're the ones from Kennedy Fried Chicken. Oh, oh my god! Wow! <laughs> wow! What's up, everybody? This is Cicero Holmes, aka Stubby Stan, one half of the Spawn on Me podcast. It's uh, so great to be here. Uh, we're fresh out of tokens. We're always out of tokens because we're broke. Chicago, um, but uh, we love Tanya and, and so happy to be here. And this is Khalif Adams, aka Khalif Bartholomew Jackson Adams, uh, chilling as the other half of the Spawn Me podcast. Tanya, thank you so much for for having us on. I'm so excited that we finally get to rock with you. This is going to be dope. You're most welcome. You know, I got to give thanks for thanks is due. You know, y'all are part of the reason this podcast exists. So, oh, oh man, I don't know if you know what you're talking about. Right. I mean, so so I mean. Th- that shit is crazy. Like, uh, obviously, Tanya, you're doing like seven podcasts <laughs> right two. now. <laughs> Just and, uh, two. Yeah. Well, you know, besides the ones that like, and you have like weekly appearances on everybody else's shows um, because you know you're blowing up. But I mean, but it's weird to hear somebody say that about us. Um, you know, it's beyond flattering, and uh, you know, I feel sorry for you if if we if we were mentoring you. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even know. I don't even know what to say with that. You know, know exactly. We love you. We, we see, honestly, you know, all all kidding aside, uh, Tanya, you are you are truly uh, one of one of our best friends, and uh, we, you know, we love we love you, and we are um, beyond honored and humbled uh, by the success that you've had with I Need Diverse Games and just with yourself. Um, it's, it's been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I, w- I would jump on that and just say it's, it's been one of the best things that I've seen happen in the past couple of years that we've yeah. been doing this and like yeah. covering the space and seeing yeah. how dope you have gotten and how crazy all the, the successes have come so rapidly. Um, so Tanya, I fucking love you. You're dope and you have been killing it. So you're, 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 you're keeping us on point. So right. <laughs> that's that's dope to, to always see and to see how it happens. So work. Wow, I'm so red right now. Uh. <laughs> so we are part of the Geek.fm network, along with Geeks and Sneaks, Chromatic Life, and More Than Bits podcasts. And we also have teas and other items in the I Need Diverse Games Spreadshirt shop. And we split the profits 50-50 with Chachi Bobanks. And we do have a blog to complement the show at outoftokenscast.wordpress.com. So you have questions, compliments, 
or hate mail. Really don't send us hate mail. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, feel free to drop us a note or email us at freshoutoftokens at gmail.com. So um, I get to ask you questions for a change. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Um, so y'all can fight about who goes first. Um, but no, tell the folks listening who you are and what you do. Uh, Cap, Cap, you get you get to go first, man. I was gonna say beauty, beauty versus brains. I was gonna say you get to go first. Yeah, well, no, you know, brains. I still, I got them both, man. Oh damn, I'm a a quadruple threat. (laughs) Well, I don't know what I don't know what the other two threats are. (laughs) (laughs) Cholesterol and (laughs) racism. Right, (laughs) those are the other two. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, So the Spawn of Me podcast we started about a year and almost eight months ago, something to that effect. Uh, We decided that there was a space that was not being filled by many podcasts out there, especially video game ones. Um, We decided that we were going to combine forces, join up together after a random meeting on uh, Twitch uh, of watching me playing some video games. Cicero came on and said, hey, that guy looks cool. He doesn't have a fro, but he's all right. (laughs) <laughs> and he jumped on and we became friends, started to talk about writing together, and then also decided that we were going to decide to make a podcast. So uh, we started that, and we have been trying to focus in the same way that you have on bringing more diverse names and, and, and voices to the space. Uh, we've been kind of spotlighting people of color in the gaming industry for for a while now, and, and it's been going pretty well. We've been lucky enough to have some really awesome guests, and we're going to try to continue to do so and, and kind of give a new spin on gaming conversations that, that haven't really been done before. So, so we're very lucky in that respect to have a great community uh, that we have in Bracago, and uh yeah that's pretty much it unless he has extra extra tidbits to, to throw in there nah man you got it covered you did it that was really nice i'm impressed i mean that's what i do and you do do that <laughs> i do got that. that yeah you do do it <laughs> <laughs> now we now we turn into 10 year olds right right <laughs> it's all good it's all good um all right. Uh, I'm back, and we still have the master recording, so I'll just have to figure out like where there's a break in my personal recording here. Okay. Uh, all right, so I assume you've listened to the show you're on before, and you know yes. what the next question is. <laughs> so, how... Uh, what got you in the gaming? Are there any like anecdotes or any interesting stories you have about that? Uh, so what got me into gaming was the fact that games existed. Uh, yeah, like I was, that is the best answer I've ever heard. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was naturally predisposed to play video games. Um, you know, from my parents bought a pong when I was like three years old and I was like, Oh, okay. This is a thing. And then I just kept, I, I haven't stopped playing video games since I was three years old. So, and <laughs> right. I, I will be 40 next year. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Damn. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I guess to a certain extent, it was the only thing that I was really good at when I was young. So I've been gaming since I was three. I'm now 37. Uh, my, my, the running joke is my carpal tunnel tells me that I've been gaming for a long time. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> It was one of those things where I've always kind of been 
enamored by tech and and we came along right at the right time when video games actually became a thing uh, it was actually a viable thing that people were talking about and, and consuming and kind of passing along from friend to friend uh, so I'm one of those gamers whose video game console had wood paneling on it so <laughs> that tells you how long that I've been gaming um, and, it's, and it's been the one thing that's kind of stuck with me since since those early days and I, I'm only now finding myself in a space where it's actually behooving myself to continue to keep doing that hobby and keep playing it and, 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 and having that having that time to kind of delve into those spaces and, and into those worlds so yeah it started a long time ago and it's still going cool I'd buy a PlayStation that had wood paneling on it if it matched my furniture I'm saying though right? <laughs> Imagine, imagine that if there was like IKEA wood, and they were like, "You can get this in beech or birch. Right. Which one would you get?" Fluflov. <laughs> well, it is IKEA. It does have to have some like unpronounceable sound in it, right? And, yeah, and basically, an um, and an umlau. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd buy a console from IKEA. They just send me like a box of circuit boards and instructions. Right. Yeah, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> the first piece of DLC would be uh, the screw that was missing. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, so, so wait, so a, so a patch would be the Allen key, right? Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this is the first episode where we clowned on Ikea. See, we're getting all these firsts with y'all. Hey, yes. yeah, Swedish this. meatballs. Yeah. Hey, those are fucking delicious. I'm not mad. I saw someone fight over Swedish meatballs in an Ikea once. I mean, because <laughs> somebody got the last batch, and then somebody was like fiending because their child was really hungry, and they were like, yo, I need that last batch from you, son. So, and it turned into an actual fight. Oh, my God. So I don't eat beef. I'm allergic to beef, but so I rarely, you know, I very rarely remember the taste of beef products because it's been almost 20 years since I've had a bite of beef. IKEA sweetest meatballs is something that I still remember. Damn! So worth the fight? Worth the fight? Apparently, it is because I remember it. It's been, you know, it's probably been 25, maybe 30 years since I had. An IKEA Swedish meatball, but I remember but you, what they taste like. But do you remember it in the in a fond way, or was it like a, in a gross way? No, I well, I, like I would I, I would assume that I push out all the gross tasting memory. <laughs> like I, I I remember them being good. I remember eating lots of them. I remember having to go to IKEA, and the the thought in my head was at least we get to go to the end of the line, and the meatballs are at the end of the line, and I get to eat the meatballs. <laughs> so so <laughs> at the end at the end of the maze with the meatballs. This is so, <laughs> this is the worst version of the Wiz I've ever heard in my life. Holy shit. <laughs> Somebody has to beat that game down twice. Meet on down the ball. Meet on down the ball. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So there you go. (sighs) If I if I can stop laughing, I'm gonna ask you the next question. (laughs) So so y'all talked about spawn on me a little bit. Um, but but do you want to expand on that, or is there more to talk about with Swami? Because y'all been doing some good stuff too. You know, let's let, let's talk about all the awesome things that y'all have been doing under the umbrella of Spawn on Me. Okay, uh, you you can go ahead, and I'll piggyback off of what you have to say. Okay. Um, well, we we decided again early on that you know 
we didn't see a show like ours in podcasting ever. We had I, I know that I was a fan of many podcasts like uh, Weekend Confirmed with Jeff Kanata and uh, and Garnet Lee, uh, the One Up Show when that was going on way back in the day, um, and some other ones that were really great, Eight Four out of Japan and all these other ones. But <clears throat> I remember that there was no really black voices in that space there weren't any any folks talking about their their experiences in their in their lives around race or gender or um about how those things kind of connect in their daily gaming lives and i know as a black dude living in america that you know i'm consistently and constantly thinking about how all these things kind of intersect and how all of them are really this one big huge venn diagram of of thoughts, ideas, and, and, and wants and needs. And I said, well, you know, we could be that voice in that space. How do we do that? How do we differentiate ourselves from other shows? And I said, we are going to touch all the things that no one else wants to touch. We're going to talk about all the things that don't, that, that people feel, find as taboo. And I think that we can do it in a real genuine way and, and, and kind of do that with our guests. And that's kind of the thing that I'm super proud of is the fact that I would say specifically with, with many of the kind of higher profile guests that we've had, you know, we've asked them questions and tried to bring out conversations that they might not necessarily have on any of those other shows because those other shows don't want to go there, quote unquote. They don't want to have those deeper conversations because <clears throat> we've had we, you see in, in many spaces, especially I, I know that, you know, Tanya, that. When you bring up the idea of politics with games, a lot of people are like, we don't want politics in my games. I don't want people talking about, you know, this gender being not represented or this race not being represented. And, and we are on the opposite side of that fence saying, why are you not talking about that? Why shouldn't you be talking about that? You, you're human, right? <laughs> you have experiences, right? So we, we try to do that week in and week out if we can. Uh, we, we built that. Uh, kind of space in on on our on our side of the fence along along with other uh, shows that have kind of come up as well. And I guess I guess see I know you know that I guess you could talk about um, some of the spawn for good stuff that we decided to try to do and and some of the other initiatives that we tried to try to put out in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think what was important for us is is and and Kai said this several times, and I think it's it perfectly encapsulates. Um, what Spawn on Me is all about and, you know, who we are fundamentally as people is that we want to be able to produce a show that the 12 or 13 year old version of ourselves would be able to sit back and enjoy and, and, and be inspired by. Um, and, you know, while, you know, some of the things, some of the language that we use is, is definitely a little, a little above, uh, the average 13 year olds. Um, language or at least uh, uh, preferred language, you know, we we would still recommend it to a 13 year old um, just just from the just from the standpoint of the the information that we're able to uh, provide uh, our community. Um, and and in that vein, um, we wanted to do more than just inform and entertain. Um, we wanted to be able to entertain and and provide uh some type of charitable uh you know charitable giving to to the community and you know i mean we've given we've gotten so much we wanted to give back and and we started spawn for good and our first spawn for good um uh event was around martin luther king weekend and we uh did it uh in response to um 
all of the people, all of the black people and people of color uh, that have been killed by police and and uh, in, in concert with hashtag Black Lives Matter. Uh, we we had a gaming telethon over Twitch uh, where we we game for roughly 60 out of 72 hours. Um, and we raised over five thousand dollars, and it was—I mean—it was an amazing feeling. Once, once we hit our goal, uh, I, you know, I cried. It was—it was fantastic. It was fantastic, and we, you know, we just want to make sure that, um, you know, we're able to have fun and spread a message, um, all along the lines, you know, and everything that we do with Spawn on Me and in Chicago. I just wanted to add one more thing to that. Sure. Thank, thank you for <clears throat> for busting that out. Uh, I think the one takeaway that I want people to know about Spawn for Good, besides all the beautiful things that C said, was in in my in my brain when we kind of conceived it, it was one of those things where we said together that we want to tackle harder issues than what most gaming charities are doing. Right, and it seems and it's not one of those things where I think that you know any of these charities are less, are less worthy, but they 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 kind of tackle easier things to to deal with, easier kinds of um topics and conversations uh, that are easy to have. And we don't want to necessarily have those easy conversations because they're being had in those spaces. And we want to tackle things that are helping people in other ways that you would never see. You know, we want to talk about uh, racial discrimination and try to raise money towards orgs that are kind of fighting that. Uh, we've been talking about internally doing something about women's reproductive rights uh, for the next one for good. Right. Um, so so we're, we're trying to get the, the word out there that you can stream for good. You can stream and have a social social justice platform and also have an agenda at the same time and kind of move towards making the space better through uh, donating and sharing gaming as a venue for that. And people are afraid to say that, but we want to kind of stand up and, and be on the forefront of, of pushing that agenda along. Oh, dude, we all got an agenda. That's <laughs> what right, I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I have no shame in the fact that there is an agenda behind all the shit that I do. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and nor should you. Oh, what? I don't. Y'all know I have no shame. Uh, yep. I get most of my guests. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, David knows I have no shame. He calls me a wizard. It's just really called having no shame on Twitter. <laughs> hey, I, I see your Twitter game. Your Twitter game is strong. It's not even strong. It's strong. It's like S-T-R-K-O-N-G-T-S. I get an extra syllable. You get mad extra syllables. Strong. It's, it's, like, it's like a new Ikea furniture. Oh, my God. <laughs> Or IKEA, they're gonna call us to boycott the book. Or, or they're gonna, or they're gonna sponsor you. So that would be dope. Yeah, I need a new bookshelf. Come, <laughs> come on, IKEA. <laughs> They'd have to have a sense of humor to sponsor us. Uh, yeah, I think they do. Have you seen their furniture? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> two of this thing and Shots none of this fire. thing. I wonder if I. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Right. Sorry, I, told, I, 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 I Kia derailed. I, I apologize. It's okay. All right, it's um, totally fine. Khalif, you spoke about how podcasting saved your life at AlterConf in Portland. Do you want to, uh, you know, just tell us about that? Yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. Thank you to Ash Dryden and the crew over at AlterConf. Um, I was able to speak there in at the Portland session earlier this year. And the name of my talk was "Podcasting Has Saved My uh, Podcasting While Black Has Saved My Life." It can do the same for you. Something to that effect. And it was kind of just a quick. Um, Kind of anecdotal story about, you know, why I got into gaming and, and, you know, I talked about my grandma basically using gaming as a way to keep me off the streets in an early rough and tumble, um, seventies and eighties, uh, in the Bronx. 
and uh, and how that kind of propelled me to both start Spawn uh, Spawn Point blog and write about it, uh, kind of get into tech and into the, the gaming space, and then ultimately you know start Spawn on me and get and get get everything together on that end, and how having those weekly conversations with people who are who are like minded and who are people of color has has kind of uh, given me some purpose. Uh, in what in what I, what we have been able to do in the past year and some change, or actually, I would say you know longer than that since since C got jumped on with um, Swamp Point Blog, you know, it, it gave a lot of purpose to us and to me specifically in a dead end job that I had when I was in New York, and then now I'm out in Portland and kind of trying to keep that momentum going by sharing sharing dope stories of really dope individuals and try to make sure that they have a, a way to talk about things on a platform that they never really had before. So yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I had a lot of fun doing it and met some awesome people. Um, and I hope to do it again. I would love to do more speaking engagement kind of stuff and, and, and talk about podcasting and talk about my blackness and talk about, you know, the show and, and, and all the dope people who we've met over the year and some change. So yeah, that, that was basically alter confident nutshell. Cool. And that is online now, right? The video's online. Yeah, it's uh, it's up. The folks from Con Freaks taped it, uh, so it's on their YouTube channel. That's C O N Freaks. Uh, so you can definitely check out that, and uh, I'm, I'm sure I, there's some links around on Twitter on my Twitter feeds and stuff like that. Oh, no doubt. We'll make sure we get that in the show notes. Yeah, we'll see what we can do to find one. Word. You get you get to see Khalif in all his glory. <laughs> oh man, my shirt was so tight that day. My shirt was mad tight. I was so sad about that because I was like, "Oh man!" I, I tried to raise my arms. I looked like that that thing when you have it outside the car dealership. With the, the <laughs> that shirt was not sexy at all. I was like, "Thank you, God, for podiums. Thank you, podium." <laughs> oh, podiums are uh, friends. They are. Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of other things that y'all do um cicero our, our buddy cicero you write for <laughs> hit the pass which is a sports game site and and you talked about a little bit but can you uh you know t- tell us how that came about sure sure uh i i guess uh first and foremost it, it started with uh having the the um proprietor or the eic of hit the pass uh, uh rich grisham on our show he also does a podcast called press the press row podcast and uh, we had him as a guest on our show. He, in, in turn, had me on as a guest on his show. Uh, and then not long after that, he was saying basically uh, that he was he was going to, with a couple of his friends, going to start a new website, which was basically like ESPN's Grantland, but just for sports games. And he wanted me to contribute. And, uh, uh, and you know, basically that's how the magic was made. And I started contributing. And Kaz had some really great articles up there. And... Uh, you know, you can see, you know, lots of our musings and rumblings uh, about the sports gaming world on Hit the Pass. Cool. Yeah, because um, I'm not the most versed in sports games. So. Right. <laughs> so as we found out when I sat in that day. Right. Um, but it, it's interesting because, like, you all bring such a passion to what you're writing about when it comes right. to sports games. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I mean, so the great thing about Hit the Pass is it's exactly what uh, the non-sports gamer could use as a gateway into sports games because we there are no reviews. There are very few previews. It's all about 
uh, reminiscing about sports games and pat you know uh, sports games past uh, talking about its present and its future and and in fact the the article that I have up most recently is about uh, the Madden NFL franchise and how they could use some of the licenses and some of the assets that they already own currently own to make the game itself better so these are things that if you even if you're not a fan of the sport or you're not a fan of sports games in general these are 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 but you are a fan of video games and their creation and you know how they're composed these are the types of articles that would be fun for you to read because it's not about the minutia of the specific sport per se it's about the minutia of video games and how you can incorporate things that that you that should exist and and bring them to the forefront to help the the industry and the medium grow. Cool. Well, we will uh, find your author <clears throat> bios and get those in the show notes. This, this is gonna be some long ass show notes, y'all. <laughs> everybody's right. doing all this stuff. So so many questions too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Sharif's fault. We'll, we'll blame him when we get to those questions. You don't know how to act. No, yeah. he doesn't. But I we do. Keep him anyway. I do know that I feel like sports have a high bar to entry sometimes, right? Because there's right. just so much information you need to have to make a good decision. If even like trying to play like fantasy football, right, right. But right. I know from personal experience, it's actually really easy to get into like a game like NBA Street or something where you don't sure. need to know an, a whole lot about basketball because it's all cartoon globetrotter basketball. Exactly. 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 That's why a game a game like Rocket League is so great. Um because so many non typical non-sports gamers play Rocket League and 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 will still call themselves not sports gamers. Mm-hmm. And all you're doing is play, you're playing soccer. You, I mean, get, just just get get you know wrap your head around the fact that that's what you're actually doing. Um, I would say that hit the pass is the Rocket League of internet gaming sports sites uh, websites. Damn, so that was really go. good. I have to say that that was really good. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think I think I rubbed my nipple when you said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I have that effect. I think I changed my opinion on sports games. Oh, well, thank you. I yes. was like, I'm not a sports gamer, and now I'm like, oh, but I've played all these sports games. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ah, move this. So you both are great advocates for more like POC and gaming spaces, getting your voices heard be- and being seen. What else besides the podcast are you doing to advance that... Uh, I think they would call it your uh, liberal agenda or something like that. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's fifty-fifty. Right, right. It it actually is. It actually is. It's not. Uh, it's not for for those of you who don't know. Uh, yours truly, Cicero Holmes, is a registered Republican and has always been. Has always been a registered Republican. Oh, the um, face I'm making it. Yeah, right. Exactly. But I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those. Um, <laughs> Look, come, come get your boy Huckabee. Right, right. It's, it, but yeah, exactly. Like, that fucking guy is not my boy. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just fucking ridiculous. It, it's I just, saw y'all. Wait, hold I saw y'all at Chick-fil-A. Right, right. You ain't see me at Chick-fil-A. Fuck those motherfuckers, too. You know? <laughs> 
So Chick-fil-A makes their sandwiches so addictive. They like add MSG and stuff and listen, then they're like and, listen. and now you can't go back. <laughs> but that's they, the thing, that's not MSG, that's homophobia. Right, right, exactly. Well they add they <laughs> add gayness to their sandwiches because it's delicious. And <laughs> and that's that's what's so addictive about those sandwiches. But the fact is the irony is they ain't gays. So fuck them. Um, so, uh, but, but anyway, I mean, oh the my thing- God. <laughs> Tanya, Tanya's never going to invite us back on the show. Right, right. You, well, you're not going to get, you're not going to be getting any, um, advertising dollars from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Thanks, um, but, but yeah, I mean, just the, the, the thing is that we, we always want to make sure that, uh, Common sense rules in Bricago. So even though even though I'm a registered Republican and and uh, I'm fiscally conservative, and uh, you know immediately you hear those words and you want to bring up the cross hands on on me and throw garlic on me. Um, if you take the time to listen, you find out that uh, you know what I'm not that far off from your thinking in the first place. So you know common sense rules in Bricago. Um, yeah, and 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 I think I think. The answer to that question is um, most certainly social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, IG even, uh, you know, maintaining uh, a healthy dialogue with our community and the community that we want to grab, making sure that um, the gamers and marginalized people and those people that understand that marginalized people are important – and you know, get involved in their conversations. Get them involved in our conversations. Is is what we do on a daily basis. Yeah, I can agree to that. I think uh, one of the first conversations we had about what we wanted our show to be um, was, and it's interesting now because you see, you know, a lot of people kind of jumping on the diversity kind of not, not bandwagon, but they're they're jumping into the game space and talking about diversity when they didn't necessarily do that prior. I'll just call it a bandwagon. Let's just be fucking honest. <laughs> it's a bandwagon. It's a bandwagon. And, it, and it's interesting because, like, I remember, I remember seeing, like, because Tanya, like, I Need Diverse Games started, I believe, before we started the show. No, it's just been no. a year. Yes. Yeah, it's it's been a, oh my God, that's right. You just had your year anniversary. Yeah. But it's been, but it feels like it was started like around the same time as we kind of started doing the show. So it's like, I remember us having those conversations when we finally find, finally started to, to, to meet and to talk and stuff about how we kind of wanted things to, to go in our individual spaces, but also how we could do some collaborative work together. But it was also one of those things where, you know, talking about the specific agenda was, you know, what can we do in the space that's different? And a lot of times when you see people talk about whatever their actual agenda is, it's never from a nuanced position. It's from a very stuck in your ways position. It's like my way is the right way and there is no other side that you can have a conversation with. And I think the beauty of what we've been able to do as a part of our agenda and how to how to expand it is we'll talk to people who may not necessarily be in uh, our direct line of sight or our direct circles. You know what I mean? So that we can either I don't want to say enlighten, but, you know, the way I've always thought of it is you have to be able to not necessarily teach all the time. But if there are people who are who are sincere about not knowing things or, or trying to find out more about your space, then you as an ambassador to your space need to kind of extend the olive branch in some ways. And that doesn't necessarily work all the time. Sometimes it kind of backfires, but also 
you get what you need out of those uh, out of those relationships when you have them and you and you work those you work those relationships in the way that you need to make sure that you can further your agenda and kind of push forward and get to the spaces that you need to get to so yeah it's it's all those things combined things with c uh, what c said and, and and moving those other things forward so it's all about that yeah because um well as we know having an agenda no matter how transparent you are about it it's not always you know it's not a bad thing but mm-hmm. as we know, people don't know how to act online and in real life. <laughs> I shouldn't say in real life. I should say offline. Um, so meet space. Yes, meet space. That's a, that's a better way to phrase it than URL. <laughs> I'm trying to train myself out of saying in real life because the internet is real. Yeah. Um, it does have effects on what happens physically to us. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just yeah, that's true. something I'm trying to train myself out of doing because it connotes that the internet is not a real space. Um, but, you know, none of us are apologetic about having an agenda. You know, you had Lee Alexander on and she was not apologetic about having an agenda for what she does, but has that had any kind of negative repercussions? Maybe, you know, and if you can talk about it, if not, like maybe someone said, you know, I'm not down with what you guys are down with. I don't want to be on your show or just stuff that's come up afterward. Um, I, I don't think we've necessarily had any super negative repercussions. I know that when we had our one of our earlier shows that talked about Gamergate and how we think that they're terrible we got some backlash across that we I mean we've had like maybe three or four shows that actively talked about that and even in those times where it was at the height of it when we talked about it we never really still got a bunch of negative uh repercussions or feedback about that kind of stuff because um because we're dudes, mm-hmm. most 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 likely. Right, that's right. That's, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's probably, pretty much the reason yeah, why. Big, that's a big. Question. I think the most. I think honestly, the most negative feedback I've personally gotten from any of the stuff that that we've kind of done uh, was a story I wrote when Spawn Point Blog was still active. It was and is still the most uh, viewed story on the site. Was it was a, a woman who was playing in the FGC, the fighting game community, named Sherry Jenix. Um, and at the time she had a, her Instagram up and she posted something to the effect of this picture of like four chicken wings in a Chinese food box and was like, uh, that, that, that NIGGA special, special. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's kind of off color. <laughs> That's not dope. You just posted that in your, uh, in your Instagram feed. And it, it kind of spiraled into this whole thing where basically I wasn't saying that she was racist. I was saying she was being racially insensitive. And it bubbled up into this whole thing where people like sent us crazy amounts of emails and all this other feedback and all this stuff. And they were like, you don't understand. This is not the way that works. So like, she's not, she's not racist, all this other crazy stuff. And that was really basically it. And that happened like four or five years ago. The actual show, not really, you know, we've, we've been pretty, you know, bulletproof in that, in that respect. See? Uh, yeah. You know, every now and then, some some idiot will pop up in the mentions on Twitter, um, but I mean for the most part, listen, I tell a motherfucker real quick. If you if, if you want it, come see me. I'm not hiding from anybody. I'm gonna tell you how I feel. I'm gonna tell you what's going on. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna speak in a way that that sounds pretty, you know, easy to understand. If you're an English, a natural English speaker. And if you have a back-ass, back-ass, fucked-up way of viewing things, I'm going to say it in a way that's going to make you feel like an idiot for having that point of view. And if you want to talk to me about it, you can come in and have a conversation with me. I will say this, though. 
And that was that was extremely eloquent in the way. Oh, you said well, thank you, sir. Back, <laughs> back ass, fuck ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it is a little bit interesting when I pitch the show to people. That's something I've noticed has been very interesting to kind of watch people's eyes and watch their mannerisms and talk about mm-hmm. when we when we discuss specifically like, yo, we're doing this show. We're we're not excluding anyone, but this is for people of color. This right. is for people who who don't have that space, and people will either really really appreciate it or they won't know how to react to it which has been which has been interesting to talk about in terms of public relations and pr dealing with companies uh uh, press and media and getting into spaces that we are trying to get into there have been there have been very few uh really harsh no's where you can kind of tell that they were like but your blick there weren't a lot of those but there but there have been enough but there have been enough <laughs> of the kinds of like, oh, okay, hmm, right. that's interesting. Right. Oh, it's that kind of thing. Right. And, and those those are more telling than anything else. When you're like, hey, I do a show. I'm black. I like to talk about my, myself being black and talking about gaming. And people are like, hmm, huh. so interesting. <laughs> so it's one of those. So, so interesting. Right. Who would have known right. there was a market for right. that? Right. Hmm. That, that, so it's that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it, it reminds me of uh, when I was in high school. Uh, Freshman year, Mr. Kovaleski, I'm putting him on blast, Mr. Kovaleski, he had a lisp. Um, we were doing early European history and he wanted me to do, we had to do a project on early, on anyone in early Eastern European, uh, Eastern Europe history or late Europe history. So I decided that I was going to do mine on the father of the Russian uh, poetry, Alexander Pushkin, who not only was just a literary genius, but also a man of African descent living in Russia, who's the father of Russian poetry. And he, when I submitted my, my claim, he goes, Pushkin, no one's ever done Pushkin. Why would you do that? Said, cause he fits the criteria and cause he's black. And he, just, <laughs> he just looked at me. I'm sorry. That's so funny. He just looked at me and he said, okay. I raised my fist and walked out of there. <laughs> because the funny thing is, when you just said that, I'm imagining you at that age yep. with your voice now. Yep. <laughs> saying, because I'm black. Because I'm black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, got, I, got a, I got an A on that. <laughs> you, you need to hit, hit up Medieval POC. Right, <laughs> exactly. Word, that would be great. Dig that bad boy up. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. All right. All right. Uh, people often are... Uh, people... A lot of times people want to argue that uh, games should be free of politics or agendas, et, et cetera. I had to, like, fight an urge to say et cetera, because I took Latin <laughs> in college. Ecce <laughs> <laughs> Romani. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on uh, this idea that some people have that games and other media should be free of politics? You can't see the air quotes I just did. Sure, sure. I think I think um, all games all games should have knobs fighting widgets for supremacy of the you know like I can't I can't even fathom a game where there are no politics. Animal Crossing has politics. Every fucking game has politics. So, I mean, the, the idea 
that, you know, and basically what happens is, and, you know, you, you, the important thing to, in terms of winning debates against idiots is changing the narrative, changing the conversation to fit the actual narrative that's being, that's being challenged. And in this particular one that comes up so often in, in lots of our discussions and obviously lots of the discussions when you guys have here on Fresh Out of Tokens is that the politics that don't want that they don't want in the games are ones that make them feel uncomfortable, make those those gamers, those particular gamers, the people that have been in power uh, uncomfortable. And when when their politics are the ones that are going on, they never challenge whether or not their politics in the game. And and so if you rephrase it and say that. It's because these these particular set of rules and the, and the way that things are happening within this game are challenging you to think differently about the world. Um, it's you that has the problem and not the game or me. So, you know, I think that's that's where we've got to really spend our energies um, refocusing the narrative that that these people are saying. Um, I think I'll jump in after that and say, and I'll keep it short, is I... I don't keep shit short. <laughs> <laughs> Just made me laugh. Um, especially because you said Ganipin Ops. Anyway. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where politics and people's experiences and cultures don't exist. And I, it, it, it kind of bothers me that people have this idea that this is a thing that actually happens because it's super... It's super privileged, and it's one of those things where it's like, if you really want me to glaze over and want me to stab myself in the eyeball, tell me you don't see color. Tell me you don't. Dude. Tell me you don't see this or you don't see that because it's it comes from a place of not being able to fathom that other people do things and other people exist and other people have meaning and cultures and identities. That if you look at the world in which we live in reality, there's a lot of beautiful, dope people out here. There's a lot of amazing human beings who come from so many different places. I was talking on Twitter today about uh, a Dominican dish called mangu. So mangu mm-hmm. is like plantains and, and uh, salami sausage and eggs and stuff. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a African-American uh, cat from the Bronx who was raised by a Southern grandmother from South Carolina who grew up around every kind of denomination and every culture you possibly can in a New York city, in a New York city background, having that part of knowing that Dominican dish, because someone who was of the, of that culture blessed me with it and let me have some once made my life richer, made my life fuller, made my, made my gaming experiences fuller and, and, and more lively and richer. And for people to kind of pass those off as other or to pass those things off is not as important it really just upsets and frustrates me because we are here for a short amount of time. We're not here for really long. So the gaming thing that you do that keeps your mind, keeps your mind right. When you had a terrible day at work, that ability to kind of step out of yourself and then say, I'm going to use this time that will remove those other uh, parts of the politics, but also add its own version of it that maybe will soothe me when I'm not feeling well. It's super important. We can't we can't not have those things in there. You can't not have that agenda in there. You cannot have those those politics, those ideas and those feelings and thoughts in your games, because if you don't, then what else do you have? You know, it's it's just it's just things moving on the screen at that point. And that's not the world I want to live in. That's a whack world to be in. I had uh, 
I think I get what you're saying because uh, uh, I'm currently working on a, uh, a tabletop setting and rule set with Rotem, and we had a conversation the other day about the architecture uh, in the towns, and it became a very political discussion. Mm. Right, right. Because, you know, these towns are different types of people coming from different places, and you're just like, oh, now we have to come up, because we establish cultures, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure during those conversations, you're you're being mindful of what the repercussions are for each of those things, and you're saying internally. Uh, and go ahead, I'm sorry. Architecture is just set dressing, right? Too really, sure, <laughs> right. And it's interesting because, like, if you think about it, we have all come up with certain uh, uh, archetypes and stereotypes that have kind of been formed at the way that we see the world and where you've grown up in your experiences, right? So it's like. I see row houses and I think that those people are living in better conditions than the people who live in the projects. Right. So it's like that comes from a place of knowing where a one sort, one section of people live in comparison to the other section of people live and understanding that the things that are being pushed upon them throughout society are kind of placed there because of the way that we think about those people and their socioeconomic status. And those things in game form, still relay information that you might not have gotten if everything was a flat surface with no, <laughs> with no, <laughs> with no textures. You know what I mean? So it's like the, everything has meaning. Everything has purpose. Everything it should be thoughtful, and you should be mindful when you're making your games about all those things. And you can't not do that because then, again, you're pushing forward and you're pushing forward a negative agenda that doesn't really behoove anyone. Definitely. That was that was really wordy. Sorry. <laughs> It's all right. We we like words around here. <laughs> I mean, David's an editor. I like to write. It works out. Word. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I hate words, and I want to destroy them. So I'm just doing that <laughs> one at a time in other people's work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I recant my statement. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh, okay. This is going to be interesting um, next week's word, Indicate. Um, although this will go out after Indicate, but it'll be interesting nonetheless. Mm. Um, so, so here's a fun question now that we got all weighty and heavy for a little bit. Um, for each of you, what has been your favorite episode to do? Mm, that's a tough one. That's real difficult. See? Nah, man, you, you started talking first. You go ahead. Oh, shit. Yeah, Damn. yeah, you fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> oh, I fucked up. You, tra- you trapped yourself. I trap queen myself. Um, uh, <laughs> you know what? It's interesting. I was thinking about this when we, when you gave the show notes up. And usually my answer is Lisa Brown because I love Lisa Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I it, on a technical side, it was one of the first shows where we did a sound bite before the actual show started. And, yeah. and it hit really, yeah. hit really well. Yeah, it did. Um, so on the technical side, that's one of my favorite shows, but it's interesting now thinking about, um, one of the things we're going to talk about later in the show, uh, but there was an Evan Narciss show that we did. Yeah. And, and I think, I think the reason why that is probably one of my favorite shows or my favorite show is one, I have a, a huge uh, appreciation and love of Evan Narciss because he's one of the only black writers at Kotaku. He's always been amazingly thoughtful um about everything that he's written and it's come from a come from a space where he has been un, unapologetically unapologetically black <laughs> i can never say that word and, and get it all out in one shot uh and he's he's never been afraid to talk about his blackness in gaming 
And it's always given me the kind of want to do the same thing. And I think he's inspired me a lot to kind of make that happen. And also, we got him on the heels of writing a really amazing piece about his blackness. And he he was the rawest I've heard him be in public on our show. And it felt like one of those things like uh, Tenahasi Coates, whenever he spit something in the Atlantic. It felt like that, but in audio form on our show. And to this day, I listen to that sometimes and I'm like, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> I can't believe that we were privy to that conversation, both offline and online. So, yeah. And then to, to, to give that other side of him was great. So, see. Um, you're not going to make me choose one of my babies. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it sounds so cliche to mm-hmm. say that every episode is my favorite. Um, but every, every episode is my favorite because it is, is so different, especially the ones where we get, when we get guests on, um, you know, being able to, to sit and, and, and chew the fat and talk video games with one of my best friends in the world is, is fantastic every week. Um, but the fact that we're able to get, uh, the guests that we get on, the caliber of guests that we're able to get on, and then the conversations that we have, are conversations that aren't repeated any place else. Um, you know, you mentioned Lee Alexander earlier before. Um, you know, she was able to talk about her being biracial and her biracial background and in a, in a, in a way that I don't think that she's ever been able to, to discuss prior to, uh, prior to being on our show and, and, you know, Evan, coming out raw and just, you know, just really putting it out there. The, I mean, our, our latest episode, the episode that, uh, that just came out, episode 81, uh, with, uh, Madiba Olivier, who's a, you know, and we're, I guess we'll talk about that later on in, in, in the show as well. But, but the Orion legacy of the Code Oran, his game, he's out of Cameroon and just him talking about the challenges of being, being out of Cameroon from, you know, the, the physical challenges of, of actually working there and the challenges of, of being able to build and design a game where there's no other game designers. Uh, just those types of conversations are not conversations that you're having any place else. Um, in, in the world, on the internet, off the internet, in print, there's no place else that you're going to be able to hear that kind of stuff than on Spawn on Me. And, and, you know, the fact that I can sit back and listen to my show and, and laugh genuinely at things that happen or nod my head at genuinely at things that happen. And I was a part of the show is just a testament to, to the work that we're able to, to accomplish week in and week out. Yeah, I ran out and supported the Kickstarter after I listened to the episode. So yes, yes, Dope. thank you, thank you, thank Dope. you. Yeah. So I hope that answers that question. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. So, uh, who would be like your dream guest to get on the show? <sighs> um. The, so there, there are a couple. There are a couple that are that are more realistic and there's some that are are less realistic um um obviously being able to get one of the heads of the you know the respective talking heads of one of the major consoles that are out there so either Phil Spencer or Shuhei Yoshida or uh, Reggie Filzame um th- those those would be those would be fantastic um but but you know who knows if those will happen um 
I would love personally, I've been trying really hard behind the scenes um, to get Aisha Tyler on the show. She would be a, a fantastic, a fantastic guest um, because she epitomizes everything that's going on me and Bracago is all about. Um, she's a person of color. She's going out there. She said, you know, fuck what you think I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to like this. I'm going to play this. I'm going to talk about it. Um, in, in my spaces, I'm going to, uh, promote the things that I think are dope. And, and, you know, and if you don't like it too fucking bad for you. So I would, <laughs> I would love, I would love to be able to sit down with, with Aisha and, and, uh, let let Bricago hear her truths the way the way that me and Cobb bring them. Um, let's see. Since Cicero took my answer, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, um, you bastard. Um, you I know mean. who you know who I'd really like to talk to, and and it may actually happen because I've I've met her a couple of times and we've chatted. Is Robin Hunnicky? I love I love what they do at Phenomena. I think she's she's phenomenal. Right. <laughs> uh, I think she's great. Um, I've always been a fan of her work. Um, we, we, I, I just threw it out into the ether the other day. It was like, since NBA 2K has come out, I would love to have Spike Lee on the show. Yeah. I know he yeah. can't talk much to the gaming parts of gaming, but he'd be really interesting to talk to. Right. Um, Phil Spencer, again, he seems like he's be a really dope cat to chat to. Um, and there's like one other person who I was, you know, who actually else, uh, Cliff Blazinski would be a person that I would really like to have on the show because right. I think he's turned this interesting corner in his public persona. And I think, uh, it would be dope. And Guy Kroll. So that's, that's my right. list. Right. And Guy Kroll would be amazing <laughs> to speak to too. Cause I think he, he, he's always been dope and I've always yeah. admired his work. Cool. Well, hopefully you'll get all your dream guests. Yeah, we have a list. We, we do have a list. Uh, on on that list is a guy that you were you were able to get on your show before we were, and that's Austin Walker. Yeah, we still want to get Austin. <laughs> you yeah, have Austin. Austin on the show. No, Austin no. hasn't been on the show because you know he's busy and he's he's sitting around. He's doing your show with Tarek Musa and, and you know, <laughs> I mean, all sorts of crazy shit. Shenanigans are happening all over the place. Oh my god, I, I actually Austin don't love me. Y'all. Yeah, you do. You, you totally did. You, you totally scooped bitch. us. <laughs> <laughs> now you know you know what I'll 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 rag on y'all about if I get Monvir before you do. Oh. <laughs> Little known Bracago fact: He was supposed to be the first guest that we had. Yep, and and that's all my fault. <laughs> Good job. So now, Good so job. now it's gone from the race race to Reggie to the race to Manveer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, he he's busy working on uh, the next Mass Effect, so who knows when we'll see him again? Mm -hmm. No, he's not. He ain't working on no goddamn Mass Effect. He'd be just pouring mustard on shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> That fucking hot dog combo. Speaking of hot dogs, this is a totally yeah. random non sequitur that has fuck all to do with anything. Yeah. They put cream cheese on hot dogs in Seattle. What the fuck? What? Like yeah, they on do. them? On them. Oh, Yeah, wow. they do. Oh, yeah. yeah it's just do. like weird hipster food. Look, yeah. I was surrounded by beards and plaid and shit all week. I don't know what to do with myself. But when someone told me about that, I was like, that's an abomination before God. Yeah, well, I, 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 I think I Chicago hot dogs are an abomination before God, too. So you, live, you don't even live in the city proper, so you can't talk. I, well, I don't I don't <laughs> now, but I did. I mean, you try to act like I, I didn't live. I, matter of fact, if you look at my driver's license, according to my driver's license, I still do. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I live in, I live in Champaign, Urbana, but I'm from Chicago. Right, right. 
Uh, okay, so this is our last question before we get to the many questions submitted by our friend Sharif Jackson, who is your minister of no finance. Yes, no finance. Um, so, you know, we, we've alluded to, to stuff that's going on and what y'all have planned for the future. But, you know, what's next for, for both the show and for y'all personally? Mm, um, I would say for the show, I think, you know, this has been a good year for us as far as being able to go to conferences and kind of, you know, I've been I've been lucky enough to be on the West Coast. So it makes it a little bit easier for that to happen. So I want to hopefully get us in a place and, and so that C can come out and, and be a part of all these festivities and, and see all these awesome dope people and stuff. So that's one thing that I'm hoping that Spawn for Me will be able to do. Um, I think we want to expand on Spawn for Good. Spawn for Good is going to be a thing that we really want to kind of push forward. We just need to be mindful and, and, and think about it in real ways so that we can actually get things done in a responsible manner. You know, we, we are, again, we want to tackle things that are not easy. So we want to be mindful of not, uh, kind of botching that on the gate, uh, on the way out. And, um, I think, you know, we just want to, we have like personal goals of like how many people we want to be listening to our show every week. And we want to be able to get into places and have the access that we see other, uh, podcasters and YouTubers and Twitchers getting. Um, and we feel like we do amazing work every week. We feel like we put out great content. Uh, we feel like we, we, we have something out there that no one else necessarily has. And we want to kind of convey that to people in a way that'll let us have more access so we can talk to more people and have more awesome conversations. So that's, that's kind of where I'm thinking and, and hoping that Spawn for Good will go. I mean, Spawn for Me, Spawn on Me, Jesus, will go. Uh, if we can remember the name of our own show. Um, and, and it'll only happen if, you know, we build more collaborative efforts with people and we share, uh, more spaces and kind of help other people grow their shows and hopefully in turn, hopefully grow our own. So, um, I think, I think that's the main focus and crux of what we hope 2015, 2016 will be. Yeah. I, I think, um, most immediately what's next for us is, uh, our conversation that we'll be recording tomorrow with the one and only Adam Sessler. Um, he's returning to our show after uh, being on in late February, and he's got a really, really big an- announcement for a new game. Uh, I-, I guess we can talk about it. Friday the 13th, the game, it's uh, yeah. it's, it's already been announced. Uh, so he's going to come. Um, we're one of uh, three places that he's going to be talking to um for for that game at least this week and uh <laughs> yeah. the other the, the other two are kind of funny games with uh Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty and the other is uh, IGN and the third is Spawn on Me. So um you know I mean that that's what we're trying to do is we feel in terms of how we produce our content um how we entertain our, our, our fans in our community and how we inform our community. Um, we can, we can compete with the bigger boys in, in, in the gaming, uh, critique space. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to continue to, uh, act and promote ourselves as if we are one of the big players until we become one of the big players. And then we just, um, dominate the world, rule the world. And, uh, you know, take Bricago along with us for the ride. Cool. Well, I, uh, I hope our listeners who are in the future, because we record way ahead. <laughs> right. Uh, I hope our listeners have already checked out all of the things you just said. <laughs> and if not, what's wrong with you? You should, you should do, they should do that. Um, 
Well, we're not that far ahead. We're kind of almost caught up because um, we started as bi-weekly. Then we're like, hey, let's go weekly. We can do it. There you go. So uh, we had a few episodes in the can, but I think uh, by the first week in November, we'll actually be caught up to what was pre-recorded. Oh, okay. Uh, but had we nope. stayed bi-weekly, it'd be like next June before we'd have to record it. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, we're good till June. We can take a month off. Word. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, we made the decision to go weekly, and it, it's been awesome. Mazel tov. Yeah, I mean, I, I did, we probably right around the, you're right on the same pace that we were when we decided to go from bi-weekly to weekly. Oh, nice. So we're just, we're just going to, like, hang out behind y'all a few steps, <laughs> see if we can get on your level. Oh, please. You already are on our please. level. I don't know what you're talking about. Nah, nah. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I, it's like I'm trying not to giggle and laugh at that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, no, I'm saying no. It's like, I can't, right. Okay, look, I can't even get Adam Seltzer to follow me back on Twitter. So y'all got him on the show twice. <laughs> I, I, I will, I will put out the the magic word. Okay. And cause, cause, no, cause, uh, did cause, you, cause did you hear how he just godfathered you? Like, <laughs> like I, I have you. I have well, you. Well, no. My friends, <laughs> that's not even right. Because here's here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think most people uh, should know about our show is we have been, as far as like putting out good content, that's something that we both decided that we really wanted to do because we want to make sure that people have a good audible thing that you're like, uh, <laughs> like sonically, we want you to have a good time. Right, right. But also, we have been very lucky in in the respect of of a show that's come out of nowhere with no previous kind of uh, uh, community to be able to, to hustle our asses off on Twitter and quote unquote Twitter snipe and, and get people who we think are going to be dope on the show. But we've also been extremely lucky in that respect where we've had people just say, yeah, okay, right. we're right. down. And, and to that, and to that extent, you've been doing that tenfold yeah, and have been killing it. So again, Never underestimate yourself and what you what you're putting out into the world right now because what you're putting out into the world is fucking dope. Aw, that's real talk right there. That's real talk, ma. Yo, that came from the heart, son. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Tanya yeah. was like, ew. Right. No, I got a weird <laughs> echo right when you said that. I was like, oh shit. Right. <laughs> I was like, you're, it's the ghost in the shell. Right. right. The hell? Exactly. Um, Bounced off my Godfather ring. <laughs> right. See, that's what happened. We invoked the Godfather. Weird shit happened. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is where we get into questions for y'all, and 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 normally Thane 1982 is our purveyor of many questions for our guests, but Sharif beat him out by a mile and and <laughs> with like five questions. So um, I don't know if y'all just want to answer them, read them out, because this is the most questions we've had ever had for a guest in one, <laughs> one episode. I'm like, doesn't Sharif Jackson work on things with you guys? Have you guys been like dodging these questions for a while? <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know who Sharif Jackson is. He right. Never met that show. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me choke. I was that's, taking a That's drink. Ice Cube's son, <laughs> Sharif Jackson. <laughs> So. O'Shea. O'Shea. Right. O'Shea. 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 Right. Uh, <laughs> Not O'Shea uh, Jr. Uh, so, so y'all, so we'll, you know what? I'm just going to read the questions out and y'all okay. can take them as you will. Okay. Because this is, this is just hilarious. Because a couple, I'm just like, Sharif, come on now. All right. I got the first two. <laughs> okay. I got the first two. I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the next two. Okay. Right. And then y'all can split over five. Oh, actually, I got, I got a good one for, for four too. So yeah, we could, okay. we could, yeah, we could, we can make it happen. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. 
So first question, via your Minister of No Finance on Spot on Me. Are there scientific studies to verify the statistical significance of subnostications? Um, there have been uh, two studies. There's uh, Von Horfen uh, out of Stockholm, Sweden, um, but they are checking. They're actually up for peer review right now at The Hague, and I know that's the prison, um, but it's up for peer review there. Yeah. And um, and then and then there's there's one also going on at CERN um, because they think that uh, stubnostications may be mixed with the God par- particle. So um, the, it is also up for review. But uh, signs point to um, that stubnostications may may officially give me the um, the ability to tell the future. Officially, they may be able to say that I am a seer. I'm the first seer in the in the um, whole whole all of human existence. I also thought I saw it in the Encyclope- Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been then. You know, you had a, a guy come door to door. Yep. Oh my with, with a with a truck for encyclopedias and selling Kirby right. Kirby uh, Kirby vacuum cleaners. <laughs> Kirby vacuum cleaners. Yeah, I used to do that. By the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh yes. wow! <laughs> well, his uh, his next question that apparently you he may have asked you this question at some point and you just didn't answer. <laughs> I guess. Uh, what is the unemployment rate in Bragago? Did I say that right? Yes. yes, yes, you did. Yep. Awesome. Also, crime statistics? Question mark. So uh, the the unemployment rate is is historically low. It's at one point two percent. Um, those people that are unemployed are unemployed by choice. There are plenty of jobs. There is a job surplus in Bricago. Um, that's because we have plenty of uh, advertisement space, but not a lot of residents. So we need more residents to take up more of the jobs. And the crime statistics are very, very low because the police force is out there doing their job in the right way. They they go through the most rigorous training of any police force in, in the United States. Our, our cops don't stop and frisk. They stop no. and kiss. That, that, is, that is true. Okay, then. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it still sounds like assault. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, just, just give me a ticket and be on your way. <laughs> get, your, get your dirty cop mouth away from me. <laughs> okay, I hope I can actually say this with a straight face. <laughs> I can't answer it with a straight face. Okay. How great is Sharif, and why are you so in love with his commentary? <laughs> I know I couldn't read that shit with straight face earlier. In the in the words of Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton from the now probably a couple of weeks old Democratic debate, the answer to that is no. <laughs> okay, then. No, no. You know what? Actually, you know what? I, this is this is what I will say about Reef. Reef has one of the best froze. One of the best mini froze. His natural is all natural. It's yes. it's pretty. I think I think that he uses nuts and berries to to pat down his fro with. I think it's beautiful. It shines in the light. It <laughs> and I think his commentary is 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 just as amazing. It, it glistens in the light as well. That's called Afro sheet. Yeah. Or Jerry Curl juice. Right. Uh, so damn. 
glow. Activator. Right. <laughs> oh my God. You went back like 25 years. Yeah. Can we imagine Reef really quick with Activator? Ooh, if, he had, wow. if, he had a drip, if he had a drippy Jerry. Oh boy. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. Act- Activator looks good. That would have been dope. Oh my, oh my <laughs> Activator <Jesus>. looks good. <laughs> Y'all, somebody has to tweet that out while we're still. <laughs> while we're, before we're done. looks good. <laughs> Uh, uh, we need to Photoshop that together. Do right. it, do it. Get that Sam Jackson Jerry curl from Pulp Fiction on his head. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I, I'm not good with Photoshop. Someone else has to do it. Um, what? What is? Since we're already being silly, why don't you just take the next question, David? All right. Uh, what is the silliest in-game purchase that you've ever made? Do you regret it? Um, so, uh, so I read this, I read this game, I read this wrong. Um, I just read it as the silliest game purchase. And so I will go with the silliest game purchase. I'll go with what I read as opposed to what it is. And that is, um, the brilliant sneaking for the wow. Xbox 360. You bought that? I had all three of them. What? what? Yes, <laughs> I had all three of them. But Sneak King was one of the scariest and and bizarrely fun games that I had played. Like, just unexpectedly fun games that I played. I always thought that, well, first of all, like, that was very Republican of you of not answering the actual question. Second of yes, all. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Holy shit. Second of all, I always thought that Sneak I'm King glad was glad I didn't the- have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember Sneak King as the as was it the Hamburglar? No, it was the it was the Burger King. It was the king. Oh, the the, the Burger King King, right. like hanging out in the bushes. Yes. And every time I saw he, it as he the was, cover of the game, yeah. And I always remember that, and it was around the time that the R. Kelly scandal happened, and I was like, "This is the R. Kelly, the R. Kelly simulator game." It's just some random person hiding outside the so, house. So, so the 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 best thing about it is that they had an FMV as the intro, and what happened was it was that Burger King that you know with the porcelain face or whatever, and he was sneaking around your house like he's in your driveway, and he peeks into the kitchen, then he peeks into the bedroom, and he comes around the bush and it's creepy as shit it's 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 the craziest thing and then they're like yeah come on go ahead and you're gonna sneak around and grab some uh you know burgers some whoppers wow go for it oh my god yeah my my silliest in-game purchase and i and i hope that the internet doesn't hate me after i say this but i am one of the people who helped create all the terrible dlc that you have out here today because i bought horse armor in (laughs) in oblivion was it oblivion or was it it was Oblivion. In, in Oblivion. I bought Horse Armor on my Xbox 360 because I thought it was going to be dope. And I was one of those people. And I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I helped I helped push it along. I'm sorry. There is no apology for you. There isn't. I'm going to flog myself after this. <laughs> <laughs> There's something I could say, but that'd be so fucking wrong. Oh! Uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, they just announced Horse Armor. Oh god! What? Yeah, they, yeah. History repeats. Yeah. See, I did it. It's my fault. Is it free? I, probably not. <laughs> Nothing is free in games anymore. Nope. Um, we we don't. This is. We also don't have the lovely visage of Mister Holmes anymore. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I'm here. <laughs> you're here. You're here in blackness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> keep, and, to keep and, on. <laughs> shit. Um. And our last question from from your minister of no finance. 
And this is not quite silly, but it is one I'm, I'm curious about. Has your opinion ever been changed on a gaming topic by a guest slash co-host? Hmm. You want to answer that first? Kyle? That's a hard question, actually. Um, um, yeah. Do you want to answer? No, it? you go ahead first. All right. Um, I would say yes, and and specifically going back to to Sharif and and you know we love Reef. Um, he's on the show all the time, and and uh, one of the reasons that we we have him on the show, besides you know besides him being dope, is that he's a, a big big proponent of Nintendo and. Um, I've really come around to understanding what the, the thought processes, uh, the thought processes are behind Nintendo and, you know, Nintendo of Japan, Nintendo of America and, and how they market their product. And, you know, so much so based on, on, uh, Reef's kind of support, you know, support of them. I've really come around to possibly wanting to purchase a Wii U. So good, good on Reef. Um, I would I would agree with that, but I don't like Nintendo, so I'm not going to agree with that. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. Um, I think the thing that has changed the most, actually, as far as kind of on topic and by I guess would be the the ladies from Unconsolable. Like, I'd always thought Anna Tarkov and mm-hmm. Jessica Dennis, shout out to them, um, mm-hmm. is hearing how much they love the mobile gaming space. I've always kind of dipped in and out of it and didn't really necessarily have the same kind of reverence for it that I do for console games and PC games and stuff like that. And they have kind of turned me around on that, too, where now I'm looking at the mobile space as something that's more viable. Um, and in many ways, it's uh, kind of thriving more than the bigger consoles and uh you know pc gaming in some aspects where it's like it's always on you you're always you always have it with you and it's more of a platform than it's ever been before so yeah i would say that's been the biggest kind of change on my end okay cool so so we're almost winding down but before we go i did want to talk about this article that just dropped today by our friend evan narcisse or is it narcissus or narcisse i believe it's narcisse okay yeah um, and, and he talks about, you know, the trouble of portraying blackness in games, especially involving hair. Because, you know, Evan's got a short fro. Um, I've got locks. And boy, do I feel that pain when I try to make a self-insert character or even a character that looks anything like me. Um, so it, it's great piece. It's actually part of his essay that's going to be in um, the book that's coming out next week, I mm-hmm. believe. The state of play. October 20th. Yep. So hopefully by the time you hear this, you'll have bought this book and, and flailed it, Evan and everyone else in, in this book online. As after we're done recording, I'm going to go pre-order it so I can have it next week. Already um, done. Nice. Well, hopefully I can get my copy uh, next week before we leave for Indicade. Um, but, you know, I've got a lot of feelings about this stuff, but since y'all are the guests, why, why don't you delve into this article? Um... It's interesting. I, I, again, fucking love Evan. Evan is one of those people who is so thoughtful and so willing to kind of like dig inside of himself and pull out things that you wish other writers would do when it comes to the kind of gaming space that we're all in. Mm-hmm. Um, and his conversations that he, that he had in the, in his article about how 
badly most games get this one aspect of um of of both character creation and identification and diversity but always but also talking about how you know it's it's not necessarily that hard to get right it just feels like developers aren't putting forth the effort and that lack of effort is the the driving force behind why most of the things that we see kind of uh, that are that are absent just don't get into those games because they just don't have the people there. And again, it kind of refocuses itself on the idea of you need more black people making games so that you can get these things right. You know, like there was an article some some time ago that talked about how the developer of Spy Party added more polygons to to a specific black character's hair to make it more lifelike and might make it more more real in that aspect. And it's like if this white game developer developer can get that right. You know, it, it gives me hope, but also there isn't enough of us in the space to make it commonplace, to make it something that you don't have to think about, to make sure it's just right when it happens all the time. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you want in this in this in this article, and I don't want to take up all the time. I'll, I'll kind of pass it back and forth, I guess, to see into you, Tanya. What, what did you think, see? Um, I you know I read the piece and and. Again, shout out to, to Evan because, uh, I mean, the cat, the cat just does dope work. Um, but uh, one of the things that I, that I pulled from it was, um, while acknowledging everything that he, that he had, had to say and, and, and kind of validating his points, um, the one game that he missed that was a, a, a great example of how it's done correctly was uh Insomniac's Sunset Overdrive. Um if you guys haven't played Sunset Overdrive, you have an Xbox One, um go and check it out because if if for no other reason the representation and, and the way you're able to uh categorize or, or to customize your character is is phenomenal in there. And the hair is done right. The hair is done right. Um people have naturals, the curls bounce very realistically uh, you can get uh, a very well represented, uh, character with dreads. Um, you have an afro, but you don't have like the medium blowout really. Um, but, but there's, there's lots of stuff there. And, you know, and the, the, the most exciting part is that it bounces and moves realistically. You know what else actually? I'm glad that you said that because it made me think of something that, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later as well is, the one exception that I've really noticed and didn't think about just until now was the NBA 2K series is they get black hair right most of the time, especially in the latest game. It's been the closest to right as you can with more difficult hairstyles like dreads and like right. and, and like corn rolls and stuff like that. The funny thing about that is they usually get white hair wrong. I was just all about to say time. that. I was just about to say that the irony is that they get white hair wrong all the time. White hair is <laughs> so all, all the time. It's white. yeah, it's it's horrendous. The, the hair that they have on white characters is some of the worst hair yeah. you will ever see in any yeah. video game. Yeah, Larry Bird, bless you, Larry Bird, wherever you may right. be in digital heaven. Right, <laughs> and 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 Dirk Dirk Nowitzki and Dirk Nowitzki, his hair is oh, always fucked and, up. And Steve Nash and Steve Nash because right. Steve Nash was like a cow lick, and it right. just looks it looks like a texture across his face. Sometimes I believe that you know if the Illuminati existed, we don't that the 2K series is our reparations. 
kind of. Because because they do black people better than most games do and then shit up and shitty and fuck up the white people all the time. Like yeah. I, I know I just use adjectives to just <laughs> make that make that point. But yeah, I literally think you just said shit up. Yeah, they shitty they shitty and fuck up <laughs> the white people all the time. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna shout Evan out about that and be like, hey, Oh, all hair matters. <laughs> oh my god! I said it. I said it. Sent all hate mail to spawn on me. That whatever. No, I'm just fine. Wow. No, yeah. but it's but but it is interesting to see how they botch that all the time. Every year, it's really bad. It is. It's it's just always messed up. I'm I'm just like mm, I don't know what to do with this. But for right. me, you know, I, I found the parts when he's talking about you know games with dreads in them interesting because you know. Uh, as much as I love Dragon Age, because y'all talk shit about me for as much as I like Dragon Age. <laughs> um, one of the criticisms my head is like, it's not even that they don't have locks in the game. There's like four natural hairstyles in there. In this whole fucking game that took years to make. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm right. just like, the short ass fade that they have in there takes more maintenance than just letting your shit grow up. Right. Like, Vivian ha- is basically bald. I'm like, who who carries a fucking grooming kit for her <laughs> to keep her head that clean and her line so tight while they are traipsing around Thetis? I mean, I mean, what was the name of that game? Well, there was a game that came out at E3 from the folks at Gorilla that got announced and people got really, really mad because the main character was a white woman with dreads. Oh, that was um the... The one we're supposed to the talk Sony with game, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. With, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my with head. With dinosaurs and shit, right, right. right. And, and it was, and it was an interesting conversation that happened, you know, uh, around that time in Black Twitter and and across the 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 Negro sphere of people being really upset at the fact that this white woman had dreads and about the cultural appropriation and about the conversation about how black hair gets put onto other characters and then it's fine, but when black characters have it, it seems like it's the hardest thing to get into a game. And for the most part, even just like talking about it on the, the we're not going to talk about the cultural aspect of it, but just the tech wise parts of that conversation, the hair looked fairly good in the way that it moved and the way that it kind of was, um, had, uh, kind of weight and, and, and the inertia of it moving from one side to side looked like it worked. The thing that I worry about is can you use that tech in other stuff? Are companies sharing that tech with other people or is it not? Um, um, worth enough effort to kind of make that happen because, you know, we've seen it in the conversations between both 2K and NBA Live where, you know, some tech that gets passed down from one team gets thrown into the, to, to another game on in the same company. And then you'll see other tech that doesn't ever get used by any other, any other, uh, teams. So it's like, I wonder how much conversation happens cross, cross, uh, platform and cross teams and cross companies that is like, Hey, we saw that you were using that thing to make your, your hair tech dope. Can we use that tech? I doubt it happens that way. You know, it's not middleware most of the time anymore. It's a lot of stuff that's like internal stuff. So it's hard to determine. I, I hope that, you know, and Evan, Evan kind of talked about this in the article was like, again, this isn't necessarily a technical uh, uh, shortcoming that we're seeing making this happen. We're seeing that this is just a matter of will. And if that if that will isn't there, then it's not going to be there. So again, you need more brown people in places that will take other people to task and say that's wrong. Right, the hair right. is wrong. The texture is wrong. That doesn't look right. That's not the way that hair moves. I have that hair. Fix it. Right. 
Yeah, David, you're quiet. Do you have any thoughts before we uh, finish up oh, with what uh, we're all playing? Uh, there's, uh, there was a game on Kickstarter that I pledged to called Last Year, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, like, uh, it's a five-on-one multiplayer where one of you is a, you know, slasher movie villain. Okay. Like, you know, you can only walk slowly when they can see you, but you can teleport when they can't. <laughs> huh. And, uh, one of their updates they sent out was all about one of the three, one of the five human characters is a black kid. And, uh, one of their updates was just about his hair. It's like, they were, like, very proud of the work they'd done. They're like, we had to hire a model, and it took weeks. <laughs> well, hey. Hey, they put in the work, <laughs> They though. put in the work, though. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and it, again, it's like that conversation... It feels weird to give them a pat on the back for that. You know what I mean? Like, it feels weird to be like, hey, good job noticing humans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good job being observant, you know? Like, but also on the other end, they decided that it was important enough to get that model and to model all that stuff. So it's like, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword where I think that that's the thing that we in the kind of progressive gaming space should be doing is holding people's feet to the fire not giving people cookies when they did the normal shit and also then giving people kudos when they are actually taking forth the effort to make things better. So I think this is like a three pronged attack in which, in which we as a progressive gaming space can, can make the space better. It is interesting that the, that they did put forth that effort. Cause I don't think horror fans are usually the most socially aware people in the world. <laughs> the problem is you can't worry about black hair when you're the first person to die anyway. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, clearly that's what that's why one of the characters is black, so you have a first target, I guess. <laughs> like, man, that blood really did suck into his fro really well. Right. That right. Was some good tech. <laughs> oh my god! Look at that! Look at that absorption tech. I, I got nothing. I got. I got absolutely nothing. <laughs> You're a devilish laugh. I hear you. I'm a horror fan. This, this is what I do. Okay. Uh, from what I can tell, with the mechanics, uh, the black guy and the jock are the only ones that could really like fight back and hurt the serial killer. Well, at least they didn't turn it into a rapping mini game, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> My question will be: Does he survive the whole game, or at least further than the first cutscene? Yeah, uh, that would depend on who's playing him. It's it's like a Left for Dead sort of multiplayer thing. Oh, okay, oh. okay. okay. Well, shit, I better not pick the black dude. He'd be the first one out. Yep. <laughs> I'm terrible at multiplayer, even though I keep playing it. Uh, well, speaking of playing games, this is uh, where we wrap up and talk about what we've been playing over the last week or so, because, you know, that's what we kind of do and talk about on the show. So, hey, hopefully all of us have been playing games. Um, so, Cicero, you, you and Khalif are our guests, so... Y'all can go first and talk about what you've been playing real quick. I don't want to. Um, so so I've been playing uh, Destiny. Um, uh, the Taken King just released and uh, it's it's really compelling. Um, I'm enjoying myself. I still haven't done the raid yet, so I'm waiting to check that out. Um, I'm playing a little sports ball, MLB The Show 15 or MLB 15 The Show. Uh, really great representation of what baseball is, a great simulation. The playoffs are going on. I'm really enjoying it. And I've been playing Elite Dangerous. 
now that it is out of preview on the Xbox One, um, I've had it since it was in the early access preview. Uh, but now that it's, it's fully released, um, you know, a lot of things are, are better integrated. Um, it's a really fantastic game. If you are a space simulation nerd, um, this game is one of the most complex simulations I have ever seen on a console. And they really, they do a good job of making it work. Um, I really, really enjoy it, but it is super nerdy. There's something wrong with you if you like this game. So, <laughs> but do so you the, like the game? Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh man, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Hmm. Like, like you said, there is something wrong with you. There is something <laughs> wrong with you if you like this game. Uh, I've been playing the Star Wars be- uh, Battlefront beta, which is, I don't want to say Star Wars is dope because I don't, I don't want to say it. I don't want right. to say it. Yeah. But Star but Wars is too. But it's dope. I got chased around a map. I got chased around a map by freaking Darth Vader, and and I got scared and was like, "Oh shit, he's about to kill me!" And then he did. He force choked me, and I cried, and then I ran away, and then I shot somebody else, and I felt better. So that was Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, I'm still loving that game. I'm. Uh, I tried to play the online component of it the other day, and the online component should basically play with uh, the Benny Hill Yakety Sax music playing in the background <laughs> because it has no rhyme a reason and the servers are poop and I want them to fix it because it could be good but you have to basically ask humans to not be humans and that doesn't work um, and NBA 2K16 I just literally finished the story mode done by Spike oh, Lee wow, a couple weeks ago um, uh, and finished that up and I think again we said this on our show a couple of times but and I'll reiterate it is it is the best representation of um, black people you've seen in a game that did not make them super stereotypical and or uh, ignorant and or all the usual things that you see in most games that involve black people. They did a really good job. Spike Lee, Spike Lee did a phenomenal job of portraying those people and those characters in a way that made me proud to, to, to be a gamer and see those see that kind of character development happen in such a short truncated version of a story mode. So. If you have a chance of playing that, if you are scared off by the sports ball, uh, at least figure out a way to rent it and play the story mode part, um, and you'll you'll see what we're talking about. Or just or you can just watch the stuff that people stream online. You can right. go to Twitch and or YouTube it because a lot of people already put that stuff up and kind of get right. an idea of what it is. Yeah, it's only it's a few hours. Yeah, it's a few hours, and it's it, the the story mode is actually way shorter if you just watch the cutscenes. So right, that's true. Uh, so you can do that and uh, watch that and let us know what you think about it because it's really good. And- okay. Um, I'm boring because I haven't been home much. <laughs> um, but I did get in some Star Wars Battlefront beta. It was a lot more fun than I expected. I got my ass shot off when I did multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, of the of the audio or of the video that's up, like the last 15 minutes of me just going, Motherfucker! Uh, as I get taken out before I even get halfway to the target. Um, and, and fun note, they will mute your audio for that John Williams section. Oh. And wow. I'm like, Twitch, um, y'all knew this game was coming. I think they did that on the NBA 2K game, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't, you just can't play licensed music. Well, it's just like it's y'all so, knew people want to stream the game. It's so okay, weird right. how that's separate licensing. Right. 
that yeah. it's even possible to license Star Wars, but not, you know, the music. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's as much a part of what Star Wars is than, you know, not having those assets. We talked about it on the show. Um, but, you know, if you, you have Star Wars, but the sound effects are different, it's not fucking Star Wars. You know, it's, it's an all or nothing proposition. I kind of would love to see that version of Star Wars that didn't have the actual sound effects and just had humans going pew. Right. (laughs) Yo, pew, pew. Right. (laughs) So you can... Warm. Lights are warm. (laughs) Warm. Oh, my God. Now you need to record that. That needs to be a ringtone. (laughs) Hey, it's Khalif. Pew. Pew. Yo, I shot you some. Why didn't you die? (laughs) Right. <laughs> I think we just broke a leaf. Uh, um, and then I was very lucky to get my hands on the demo version of Orion, and I uh, was actually streaming it before we started recording today. For the love of God, go get a controller because it's a fighting game in certain parts, and they yes. kind of natively mapped it to the 360 controller. So if you've got a 360, you can control. You can. Connect to your computer, you are all good. Trying to do that on a keyboard was some work. <laughs> um, I'll throw the video in the, in the show notes, and it should be up on the I Need Diverse Games YouTube as we record this. But yeah, get a controller. I had a little fakety, fake-ass PS3 wannabe controller, and, and the game's like, nah, son, nah. We, don't, we, we do not recognize you. So it, it's fun. I can't wait for the full game. Um, but But it's just, you know... It's all brown people. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. It's all brown folks. And, and it's really dope. And the art is just amazing. <laughs> and, is, you know, Kiru has locks and they don't look like yarn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, I, I'm, I might be late to the show because I want to keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, if y'all, if y'all can, uh, you know, throw in some bucks on the Kickstarter or if you did throw in bucks on the Kickstarter you will be very, very happy with what you got. Um, you know, I'll try to maybe do a little bit more clean video without me talking as as I as I go through the demo or if they update the demo version for folks. Um, so thanks to Matt Cod for that. And and last but most definitely not least, David, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing uh, Star Wars Uprising, the mobile game, <clears throat> uh, partially because it's addicting. And partially because it's uh, part of the new Disney canon, so... Nice. The stuff that it describes is, you know, real, in the case of Star Wars for now. And uh, when, it, when it comes to diversity, I, I, it adds the galaxy's uh, fourth, maybe fifth black person. What? There's only four? Oh, well, yeah, You've yeah, seen Star Wars. <laughs> right. There are very few. Yeah, uh, and his name is Tam Bastion, and he's like the rebel commander. At least he gets to be a commander. And his beard and his hair are the same length. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like he went over his entire thing with the same, like, razor setting. Nice. (laughs) That's great. He didn't put the clippers on one. (laughs) Nope. And you're still playing some Thomas Was Alone, or are you done with that? Oh, I finished Thomas Was Alone the other day. Yeah, I, I need to go back and watch your streams, because I was just like, it's a box. What do I do with this thing? Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, the the story it ends up telling is actually quite compelling. 
except for the fact that I'm pretty sure the ending of it is the beginning of the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to go back and check out your uh, archive streams, because it seems fascinating. I just, I don't know if it's a uh, game for me. What it, it doesn't really, you just sort of have to piece together what you are. It's one of those games. And, uh, spoilers, uh, you're, uh, AI that's trying to get access to the internet. Because nothing evil has ever happened when uh, AIs get access to the, the internet. internet. Of course not. Nah, you know, portal. How, how dare you say such a thing? Yeah, you know, hopefully your pod, your mic doesn't become sentient once we're done and, and remembers all the shitty things you said. Just It's like, yeah, we heard you. We heard all the shit you talk. Now what you gonna say? You're not online anymore. I'm sure the CIA is listening as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm not on a no-fly list. Now watch I jinx myself for next week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, if that's if that's all you've been playing, we we should wrap this up because you know while it while it's not that late for for Mr. Adams, it is late for the rest of us. <laughs> no, oh, nobody tell y'all to live over there. <laughs> look, I can't yeah. afford to live in Portland. I know how much rent fucking costs over there. It's cheaper. It's cheaper than well. Coming from New York, it's everything is cheaper. Right, everything is cheaper except for San Fran. Except for San Fran and Seattle. It's it's all fucked up. Word. Seattle, Seattle, Seattle's getting really like expensive. Seattle's yeah. creeping. Seattle's yeah. creeping. Um. So, whatever order y'all like, tell folks where to find you online. Uh, I guess that's that's my job. Um, you, if you want to find us, you can find uh, Ka at at Kajakins on Twitter. I am at Stubby Stan on Twitter. Uh, the show is at Spawn on Me on all social media networks. And if you want to contact us, go to our website, spawnon.me, uh, and go to slash contact. Uh, additionally, if you, uh, liked us right here and, and you thought, man, I would love to help these guys get bigger and better and stronger and faster and all that other good stuff, you want to go to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash one on me and contribute as little as, as a dollar a month to help us get all of the superlatives. Thank help you. us we buy razors you. so we can use the cut off rows. Yes. <laughs> yes, I want bouncy hair physics. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's going to be the title of the episode. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. I was just thinking that too. I, I, want, like, oh. I want bouncy hair physics. Yes. Uh, this, this entire conversation just keeps coming back to hair. Yes. Yes. I got because. nothing. So. <laughs> um, oh my God. David, where can people find you online? I am at Red Conversation on Twitter. My personal website is davidoreeves.com, but it's pretty bare. Uh, it has an about me, though, that is just mostly a joke, and I should probably <laughs> fix that, but it's so... I find it very funny. Fair enough. And, um... <laughs> and you can find me everywhere at Cypher that is on Twitch, Twitter, Tumblr... Even Hitbox, although who knows if I remember that password to that first Hitbox account I made. Because I, you know, I'm going to laugh about that shit forever. I made an account and forgot it was me and ranted and raved about someone stealing my name. And then it, was, it was me. It was me all along. <laughs> so now I have two Hitbox accounts. <laughs> I, you know, if you can't talk about yourself, who There you go. 
Because that, that's funny. I just, I'm going to laugh about that forever. Now, you all feel free to laugh about it when you see me somewhere. Um, so, with that, I want to thank you all for coming on the show and being amazing, being who you are, being such inspirations, and unapologetically black and having an agenda. Thank well, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. We love you. Uh, thanks for having us on. Um, it's been a blast. David, it's been awesome getting to meet and, t- and speak with you. Uh, oh, you're going you. places. You're going places, kid. <laughs> Hopefully. I, wanna, I, do, I really do need more work. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say really quickly, um, you have been, Tanya, th- thank you again for, for, for having us on. And also, thank you for all your support. You have been one of the like stalwart people who have just been like, behind us and sharing our stuff and making sure that other people recognize that we're here right. and riding with us and, and starting initiatives and like making things happen and then being like, Hey, y'all want to be down with this thing? I'm like, yes. <laughs> 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 so, so again, thank you for everything that you've been doing over the past year. And, you know, so happy that you've gotten to this, to this level and seeing that other people are recognizing your dopeness and, it is really an inspiration to us to push harder and to keep working and to making sure that we all are kind of growing together. So thanks. Thanks for being as dope as you are. And we love you. Oh, I love you guys too. You're awesome. Now I'm going to cry. Don't cry. Uh, well, it, it's good tears. Right. It's good tears. Go ahead. It's all right to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we have been sung out by Mr. Cicero Holmes. And yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a good place to, uh, to end the show before I do start sobbing like a baby. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I have to give props and thanks to David because I know fuck all about audio engineering. And if he was not here, the show would not come out. Because um, if y'all were waiting on me to learn Audacity, we would have had two episodes by now. <laughs> so I, I, feel, I feel your engineering pain, David. I understand. Yes. Uh, y'all, the y'all, weird thing is, it's not actually what I do normally. It's I'm just... You got conscripted. Necessity is. I don't always know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) But see, other people don't really know that, so that's the secret. Um, But yeah, that that's a wrap. And you know, obviously, our Bacago Bros have a spot here whenever they want. You know, should one of us be missing in action? Y'all are always welcome to come in and guest host, and you know, come and hang out. You should have David on your show. Yeah, there we go. All right. Sure, I'd love to. I would love that. All right. And uh, probably going to be primarily talking about Star Wars for the next month and a half, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Then you can't come on. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no more Star Wars discussion on, on Spawn and me. Nah, nah. You admit it on, on air and in print, dude. I got the tweet somewhere. Yeah. I was delirious. Nah, yeah. nah. We, we saw you. Malaria. Yep, whatever. <laughs> and with that one... Gets- <laughs> yeah, yep. Nobody gets rickets anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he got ringworm. Oh my god! Like a motherfucker had scurvy. <laughs> so it's either a motherfucker had scurvy or it's all about the hair physics. Will be the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're really done for the day. Good night, y'all. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Listen up, this is Queen of DC. Yeah, you can't be the only one by the magic beat. You can't be the only one by the magic beat.
Well, I wasn't sure if we could curse on the show, but oh, yeah. I curse. Oh, okay. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Fuck shit, Fuck shit motherfucker. All right, then. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> God damn it. I, I, I think my thing stopped recording. Uh, oh. Okay. That's, that's all right. Um, okay, let us know when you're you're back up, because mine is recording, yeah, I, so... Audacity has been weird all day. Really? What OS are you running? Uh, this is Windows 7. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. I think I might pass out, because I keep trying to drink this shake through a straw. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't his, his, his cheeks are going to be inverted. <laughs> like, Ka. Hey, Ka. What do you think? Hey, Ka. You <laughs> <laughs> just, just won't see me on camera. Just right. <laughs> 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 